0: Welcome to the Dirt to Dollars podcast,
1: hosted by Central Kentucky Extension Agents
0: Whitney Carmen, Daniel Carpenter, and Matt Adams,
1: where we talk everything from the dirt on your land to the dollars in your hand. All
0: right, welcome back to another week of Dirt to Dollars, and we are just minus 1 this week, aren't we? Yeah, but,
1: but yeah, wait a minute. We're Where's Daniel? <laughs> he's MIA. I could have swore he was on here.
0: Our, our fearless leader is going to miss. Yeah.
1: Who, how's this being recorded then? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Weird. We'll see I, if we can what, make it on air mean, or not. Where's
0: he even at? Oh. I, don't, I don't know where he's at. I think he's actually what? Is he, he just learning to be down, a leader? Floated
1: down the river or something in all the rain. or Yeah. I heard something about he might have fell in a coal mine.
0: Oh, yeah fell
1: off a mountaintop or something I don't he may know. Have. hopefully there he makes I know. it back
0: looking at some of that maybe some of that reclaimed mine ground over in that in that Probably part of the world
1: hearing banjos playing <laughs> hmm. but so, yeah I, hopefully he'll be back next week we'll i see. hope so
0: yeah he's uh out there well, learning to, to be him. a leader so. i have
1: to ask him where he was
0: yeah um all right well um there's Quite a bit to talk about, I guess, this week, but we're going to have several guests join us as well because we've got some yeah, we've uh, things got a, going on next week, don't we? A
1: two-guest show this week. So, Daniel was missing, so we thought we'd better bring in another guest to try and make up for that. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll get get to them a little later on. Uh, just basically previewing a big field day next week. So, we haven't talked, talked about that any on here, have we?
0: Mm, I don't know. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit but so, it, we do think it's gonna be a good program yeah so. this
1: is your last reminder last call because if you're listening to this on the radio you've just got a couple days so that's right uh corn and state uk corn and soybean field day uh july twenty sixth, mm-hmm. be tuesday
0: be there be square yep so. all right call
1: so the office call either ex- any extension office to get any details
0: yeah, we will uh, be able to point you in the right direction. Uh, so did you get any of the rains over the weekend that it was we was a little got? wet. Yeah, just a little. I'm glad for it, though.
1: And it kind of, you know, it was one of those things that it was spotty to begin with. And it was funny to watch Facebook and all the people that were. Oh, I, I could be a weatherman and. What's what's with this excessive rainfall? We hadn't gotten anything at my house and it's never going to rain again. The sky's falling. And I really wanted to go back on Facebook Monday morning and start calling those people out, but I didn't (laughs) because most of the people that were complaining the most about it got the big rain Sunday night.
0: Yeah, they did. And that's when we got uh, the most of ours. Now it rained in, in Grayson County it rained on Saturday a little bit too, but we got most of our rain on, on Sunday evening. And you know, that's, that's good. It was, and it, for us, it was actually at home as well. We got a good soaking rain. That's how it was was. at my
1: place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was over two or three different events over about 24 hours and Got about two inches total, but yeah, uh, and I know just Sunday night, some areas around E-Town, I heard some areas around Glendale, five inches. But did it possibly six?
0: Did it help? I mean, or did it all kind of run off a little bit? Uh, if know, you, you got six inches path.
1: of rain in a halfway short amount of time, it's going to run off. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was some flooding that went on. Uh, you could see some soybean fields and stuff had been underwater, Monday morning, there were still some creeks and stuff out of the banks Monday morning when I came into the office. Wow,
0: that's something I've not seen in a while. (laughs) Highest
1: I've saw the Nolan River and probably since January or February. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we was way up there. So we had some runoff.
0: Yeah, we, I, I don't know, Rough River, I haven't seen Nolan, but Rough River was, it was a little higher than typical. But I don't think that we didn't get the rank. We didn't get the five or six inches. We just got, I think, North Grayson County maybe got an inch and a half, and then middle and eastern Grayson County got that two, two and a half. And honestly, according to the drought monitor, we're in severe drought, so I think that that was needed.
1: It'll be interesting to see how that changes this week, if that was enough moisture to bring us out of some of that, because really some of the driest areas got significant rainfall.
0: Right. Is it enough to bust the drought is it enough to make a dent well, in things i don't know I
1: don't and that's my thing so we always talk about you know you need a hurricane or a tropical system to come through and break these dry cycles and how much rain would you usually expect out of a tropical system yeah. two to five inches
0: something like that yeah around we had that,
1: a pretty yeah. well widespread two to five inches in this part of the world over the weekend so yeah maybe it was enough to bust it up
0: which is good because the heat we are in the middle of experiencing. Of course, we're recording on a Wednesday, and it's oh, it's
1: still going to be hot by the time hot. this is playing.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's one of those things that I, that good rain is going to be beneficial. Hopefully, they're forecasting Wednesday night to get a little bit of rain. If we hopefully by the time this is out, we'll have had that rain, and then it's supposed to maybe rain following week too so maybe we're finally yeah, getting into it
1: some of these longer term outlooks and uh, weather service models and stuff are hinting towards a wetter than normal late July and early August so mm-hmm. hopefully that comes to fruition and uh man if we could get that we can grow a soybean crop in this part of the world
0: I was gonna say that's that's sort of kind of what I think folks are looking after at this point because I know a um, lot of our corn's kind of you know we're still gonna get the we need the rain but i don't really know it'll be more detrimental i think to the soybeans at this point or important to the soybeans i should say
1: uh back on the heat a little bit um you know it could be considered could it be considered record heat have you seen any numbers i
0: haven't seen i've well just what I've seen heat indices, and, of course, I think we're supposed to get, like, 98 maybe Friday, or it was supposed to be 98 today, 98 Friday.
1: I saw some numbers this morning, uh, basically just using the average temperature for the month of July, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and the average sitting here today on the 20th, we were tied for fifth.
0: Oh, wow. So, yeah.
1: And we've got the rest of the month, and it looks like the next seven days are going to be in the 90s. Mm -hmm. so we'll probably be pulling it up there uh the second just to put a little in perspective the second hottest july on record was 2012
0: i was gonna say i was gonna say i bet it was 2012 and if
1: you look at it it and you you know we're two-thirds the way through the month if we keep this up through the end of the month then we'll probably be at that 2012 or surpass it a little bit
0: but. did we get okay so remind me because i can't remember quite well but did we get any of that those rains like did it, did it, it started turn rain? Off
1: it started raining in july in 2012 that's what i thought because okay. we had we still had a good bean crop in kentucky in 2000 or in this area of kentucky in 2012 okay so in that way if you want to start comparing patterns to past years then we could be setting up for a good bean crop Mm-hmm. We just need the moisture to keep coming,
0: yep, yeah. don't know until you know though, so it'll it'll be interesting to watch and see, but yes, record heat, hot humidity just once again I feel like we preached this, but just take care of take care of things and know how to handle it and know how to if you're gonna be out in it know what you need to do to prepare for it. I know our tomatoes are like in the heat though they're they're finally coming on and <laughs> I'm seeing people are finally starting to get their garden tomatoes and get some of their produce out of their garden. So I think that the the welcome rain and this warm, you know, humid heat they like it. So I've started
1: seeing the card tables pop up with tomatoes on them and people (laughs) putting a sign that fifty cents a piece or whatever and just on the honor system.
0: I know, but are they a Kentucky Proud Farmers Market though? You know, probably not. But invite them to come and be a be a member of the market is what I would do. However, we do we've got quite a bit of that of those local pr- produce growers that are here in our markets today Wednesday and so we've a lot of tomatoes a little bit of sweet corn it's still not quite I don't know about your area but it's still not quite ready Oh, it's here.
1: been going pretty strong here for two or mm-hmm. three weeks I think so yeah
0: we're almost there not quite but we're almost I there. think the
1: heat took a number on a lot of it people mm-hmm. couldn't irrigate especially so yeah uh you know, talking about the tomato conditions there, we probably need to, seems like we've been doing a weekly update on corn and soybean conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, looked like the bean crop, had maybe slipped a little bit in Kentucky this year, this week.
0: Yeah, and, and but keep in mind is, and I know we were talking about this maybe last week, that our surveys are done from Sunday to Sunday. So would that, you know, I don't think that's captured that rain in there yet. So should be interesting to see.
1: Right. Uh, but you know there was a little bit of rain
0: the first part of last week you're yeah. right you're right
1: so i think just seeing some just overall slippage and it wasn't much it looks like we maybe went down a couple percent in the good to excellent category Um, corn condition seems to have held basically steady other than some of your poor very poor got a little A little heavier. We may have gained five or 6% there across the state. So I think most of that's maybe not necessarily due to the conditions actually changing that much. But I know a lot of people have finally started out, started getting out in the last week or 10 days and looking at this corn crop Mm -hmm. and checking to see how well or how poorly it pollinated. Uh, So maybe some of that damage is just becoming a little more realized.
0: Yeah, because you can see, I mean, a lot of if you just look at the corn silking, it's on par for typical year. I mean, it seems like it's right there amongst the. So that's typically when we're coming out and looking and checking to see. And so that makes perfect sense. Uh,
1: right. Uh, pasture conditions. Whew. Actually, the excellent increased a little bit but it looks like overall good to excellent was about the same and kind of like the corn crop we may have gotten just a little bit of an increase in uh poor to very poor Mm
0: -hmm. and i that's probably those dry areas that didn't get the rain last you know that are still in that i know i've got some that looking look pretty rough
1: well and when you get that dry And I know a lot of people were just on the verge of needing to feed hay or they already were feeding Mm -hmm. hay. And when you get to that point, it's hard to hold cows off of grass and not go ahead and use what little you've got left. Right. Uh, Not saying that's the best practice to go on and let them have that, but it's even just psychologically hard to keep those cows off the grass if you've got it and you know there's not much chance for regrowth sure uh so even those pastures that have gotten rain that were eaten down pretty tight and were dry and crispy and crunchy they're greening up but they're kind of slow to to take back off and slow to get much more growth out of them
0: yeah i'll be i'll probably drive around the end of this week to see uh, just in my travels the first part after getting this rain in the last couple of days, heck, even the office yard was dry. We have sawed around the new part of the office and, you know, it was crispy and it's already starting to kind of green back up. So it shouldn't take much. And and hopefully we can continue to get that and hopefully that'll progress and get better. You know, I just don't really know that we're going to have a lot of ability to stockpile this year. So I think that that'll I think that those are some things we need to start looking into uh. and considering. Yeah. For I those mean, of we, us that are dry. If it you know.
1: turns around and we get some rain though, it, I'd well, argue it could be an excellent time to I hope so.
0: I hope so. I just I want to make sure that they're prepared.
1: Uh, <laughs> one thing that can be important in stockpiling is nitrogen fertilizer, And we got a little bit of some good news uh, regarding the nitrogen market this week. Uh, The International Trade Commission came out with an announcement that uh, they won't be imposing any further duties on urea ammonium nitrate. That's good
0: news. So,
1: yeah, that's good news because that could have just driven nitrogen prices even higher.
0: Right. And you had said they had come down a little, but still, that's not anywhere near where they were.
1: Something like this could cause a spike back up though so right. uh, yeah we don't need you know that would have affected the buzzword nowadays is supply chain so you know if those duties had been imposed uh, they were looking at imports of UAN solution from Russia, Trinidad and Tobago so that would have been three markets that we might have not had access to
0: yeah well, that's like I said. That's good news for if you are planning to do any kind of fall fertilization, which we recommend, but that'll help.
1: Yeah, could uh, possibly let that pro- some of these products price themselves back into the market this fall. So,
0: well, I know another thing that uh, we talk about is, you know, that is getting ready to get applied or we're considering applying here soon is our uh, foliar fungicides and things like that. And I think we have a guest that's going to come on and talk with us about some of those decisions and kind of give a little highlight of what they're going to talk about next week at the field day. Matt, do you want to go ahead and give her an introduction?
1: All right. We have with us today, uh, Dr. Kirsten Wise, uh kirsten's no stranger to the show thanks for being on with us again this week
2: it's my pleasure
1: so uh we're trying to do a little bit of a preview for a little field day we've got going on uh here in harden and larue counties next week uh if you just want to talk real quick about what the listeners will see if they uh show up to your presentation next week uh, just give them a overview of what to expect
2: Yeah, well, first of all, I'm really excited that we're going to be in central Kentucky for this field day. It'll give us an opportunity to maybe talk with some people that don't often make it out to the corn soybean tobacco day when it's out in western Kentucky. So I'm grateful for that opportunity to talk with your group. And for me, it's just going to be sort of an update on what we're seeing um, in the the corn disease world and um, give sort of an overview of the questions that I've been getting over the last few weeks which revolve a lot around whether or not we should be spraying fungicides in some of our more drought-stressed corn, what benefits we might see or not see from that. And I'll give a little update on um, two very important diseases that um, have sort of been at the forefront of farmers' minds over the last couple weeks, which are southern rust, an annual threat, and then tar spot, which is our newest disease in Kentucky. We found it for the first time last year in a couple counties, and it's gotten a lot of press, um, especially in states to our north, and so I've gotten a lot of farmers in Kentucky who are interested in learning more about it and also interested in knowing how we might manage it if it does get established and become problematic in Kentucky.
1: All right, so... uh... We can't have you on the show this time of the year. This is going to be a little bit of a, of a spoiler alert for uh, the people that will be at the field day. But uh, you mentioned southern rust there. Can you just give us an idea, what is the status of southern rust right now uh, as it moves across the, the mid-south and into Kentucky?
2: Yeah, so there's really good news this year is that southern rust has been very quiet. And a lot of that has to do with these dry conditions that we have in Kentucky. They're having those in states to the south of us as well. Um, you might have noticed that we haven't had any tropical storms yet so far this summer. That's very odd. And those tropical storms are, are usually one of the drivers that move those spores of the fungus that causes southern rust up into our area. And so without some of those, you know, weather events, you know, southern rust has developed pretty slowly in states to the south of us um and as as of today where it's still at least a state maybe a little bit more away um we usually get concerned about southern rust when we start to see it in arkansas and tennessee and so far we haven't had that and and so that's good news that's good news for us
1: oh but kirsten i heard yesterday that it's it's come it's going to be here within two weeks so you mean that's not true
2: well, I'll say this, it could be here within two weeks, but that would also be good news because if it gets here, you know, in, in 14 days, our corn is going to be at a growth stage where southern rust is not going to have as much of an impact as it would if it got here at its normal time, which usually is mid-July. So if it waits two weeks and we still see southern rust, I, I still think that's not that's not too bad.
0: It also means that maybe we've gotten a really good Gulf rain that's come through also, yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: Uh, So what about some of the other diseases we typically see out there? Gray leaf spot being one of them uh, that's usually pretty common and and usually probably has more yield implications than any of the rest of them in our area. Uh, Are we seeing much of that or has the dry weather uh, held that at bay as well?
2: Well, I have seen some gray leaf spot in different parts of the state. Um, If if you're in one of those pockets that's been lucky enough to get some rain, you're probably seeing a little bit in the lower canopy. Um, But where I've seen it and in your area too, where I've seen it, um, it's usually small lesions confined to that lower canopy well below the ear leaf. And so without, you know, that sort of consistent moisture, um, a lot of our foliar diseases are going to be pretty slow to develop which again is, is good news for farmers. It's, it makes for sort of a boring year for a plant pathologist.
1: <laughs> well, we like it when you're bored, so. That's right. Uh, so other than it, it seems like the good disease years are, are, uh, we have a little more yield potential out there, so maybe, maybe we would like you to be a little busier, but
2: yeah i always say you know if it's raining and corn yields look great those are also the conditions that favor disease development and so those are the years where you know disease management and yield potential go hand in hand
1: uh one final thing before we let you go uh for the producers out there that are maybe trying to make decisions on fungicide on whether uh to pull the trigger or not you know if we just put southern rust out of the picture, if we don't have to think about that this year, uh, what growth stage are you looking at for that corn to be at before you just pull the plug and say we don't need to to apply a fungicide or we're not going to have any any yield benefits or uh, not feasible to apply a fungicide to that corn crop?
2: Yeah. So in a standard year with Southern rust aside, you know, a lot of the research that we do um, shows that if you can get through um, that late blister milk, you know, early milk stage without a lot of foliar disease pressure, um, you're probably not going to gain much from a fungicide application at that point. So really, if we're protecting the crop and it's getting through, you know, tasseling, silking, um, early blister and into sort of that early milk stage without any you know serious disease problems you know it's it's probably pretty good
1: all right and i said one last thing but one more point uh so the whole theories sometimes about fungicide uh helping combat drought stress uh is that completely a myth or is there anything to that or
2: yeah so we all know that fungicides are best when they're can preventing disease right Mm -hmm. and you know we can protect yield potential from a disease outbreak but a fungicide under drought stress corn is not going to bring yield potential back and I actually went you know when it was looking real dire a few weeks ago I went and I dug up all my 2012 data fungicide data um, you know when we had our really last serious drought Mm -hmm. And, you know, I looked at all those fungicide timings. I looked at all the fungicide data and in all the trials where we had fungicides, we did not see a benefit from a fungicide application in a really dry year.
0: That's good information to know.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining us uh, this morning, Kirsten, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the 26th.
2: Looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Thanks, Chris.
1: All right. Some good conversation there with Kirsten Wise. So again, if you want to hear more of that, uh, if you want to dig a little deeper into some of these, uh, corn disease issues and, and fungicide issues, uh, be sure to come out to the UK corn and soybean field day in Hardin and LaRue counties Tuesday, July 26. Um, And Kirsten will be one of those speakers that day.
0: I'm hoping she'll wear her the shirt that she wore when I saw her last week. It was it was perfect for a plant or for a disease um specialist and it said I see dead plants. Uh (laughs) So I'm hoping she'll wear that. I thought that was pretty
1: funny. I bet she goes in a little more professional attire. Yeah, I know. I know it.
0: It was pretty cool though. I'd like to know where to get one.
1: Yeah, definitely a timely topic this week or this year, this season, this uh, time of year, especially for this year. A lot of decisions to be made out there.
0: Yeah, I I think that in in a year like this, with the input costs being like they are, you know, I think that producers are looking at ways that they can still get a good yield and see where they maybe can cut or where they don't need to cut and – I think we've got some pretty good research to help make those decisions.
1: Yeah. So again, yeah, July 26, come on out. Uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't registered, I think you were technically supposed to register by now, but just either go on and register or just show up. We're not going to turn you away. So right. uh, even heard a little rumor that they're uh Maybe some Arrowhead barbecue for lunch. I
0: was going to say, they said re- lunch, but I wondered what, you know. I'm, yeah. So oh, all I just wonder what lunch the, is. All the
1: LaRue County peeps. Uh-oh. If you know, you know. Come on, you can get a local favorite. So, just, again, just a rumor. Just a rumor. I'm not.
0: Sounds like a pretty good not rumor to
1: me. 100% sure. So. Uh, well, we did promise we had two guests this week. And our next one. We're going to have to do this a little backwards because typically when we have somebody new, we'll do kind of an introductory episode and introduce them and let them talk a little more about their job. But we're going to hold off on that this week with this guy, uh, and we'll just let him discuss a little bit about what we'll hear from him on the field day on the 26th. So, Whitney, would you like to give him an introduction?
0: Joined with us, we have the Extension Grain Crops Associate, Connor Raymond. Uh, glad you could join us today.
3: Thanks for having me, Dave. All
0: right. Well, I, we have strongly promoted the corn and soybean field day it, that's going to be going on here uh, next week. So you are going to be a part of that. Would you mind to give us a little bit of about what you're going to talk about? Just a little snippet. You don't have to go into detail because we want to keep it suspenseful for everybody.
3: Sure. Yeah, I'll give you the abbreviated version. Uh, So kind of the topic I'm going to be hitting on will be the weather effects on the soybean crop this year. And I think that'll be a pretty hot topic this year because it's different than the last five or six years. We're actually dry this year. Uh, So just a few of the things I'm going to touch on. Uh, I know the majority of the state is in somewhat of a drought right now. If you're not in a drought, you're at least abnormally dry. So Mm -hmm. I know we've got a the far western corner of the state, and then kind of around the Grayson County, maybe Hardin County area. Y'all are in a severe drought according to the drought monitor. Uh, So we'll have plenty to talk about and how that affects the soybean crops. Going to try to touch on maybe some of the temperatures and the variation and the differences there from what we've seen uh, this year over the last five or six years. And then also try to talk about how important it is the soil temperature uh, and how that affects the soybean crop and some of the different signs of drought stress that we see in soybeans too. So uh, what to be looking for, when to be concerned. uh, That's kind of the general outline of what we'll be talking about at the field day.
1: Good deal. Uh, So you mentioned uh, drought stress there. Uh, You know, as you've been, In some of your travels, I think mostly across the western part of the state, is that mostly what you've been dealing with, the issues that you have seen? Are they mostly related to drought, or are you uh, seeing any other issues in the corn or soybean crops this year?
3: Absolutely, yeah. I think the vast majority of what we're seeing has to do with the drought stress. Uh, And what's been interesting this year, I've had a couple of different calls about nutrient deficiencies, uh I get to work pretty closely with Dr. Lloyd Murdoch. I know everybody mm-hmm. knows him and definitely he's got a wealth of knowledge there. Uh so I'd go to him with all my soil science questions because he will he will tell you as well as I will. I am not a soil scientist, I'm an <laughs> agronomist. <laughs> but uh yeah, we're seeing a lot of uh nutrient deficiencies this year and talking with him, you know, that makes a lot of sense, even if even if you've got the nutrient there and having a lack of water, the plant's not able to uptake those nutrients too. So uh, that, you know, I think we are seeing a lot of, you're obviously going to see a lot more drought stress on the corn crop than you are on the soybean crop, but not to give too much away, but we're. I think we all kind of know what to look for and what not to look for, but we're going to talk about what to look for in a soybean crop, the signs of drought stress at the field day here next week.
1: All right, well we we did get a little bit of rainfall here within the last last week or so in Hardin and Larue County. So hopefully there's still some some drought stress signs to to show. Or I say hopefully hopefully there's not drought stress signs to show with the time. But
3: I hope there's not. So, <laughs> uh, I actually had a producer. He asked me last week, week four, last one. He he wanted to ask me about his hay crop. He said, "What can I put on my hay ground to?" Kind of mitigate the effects of this drought and to get some more bales for the second cutting. I said, Well, if you could put water on it, that would probably be the
1: best thing (laughs) you could do right now. (laughs) It's amazing what a little high quality H2O can do for it. That's (laughs) (laughs) right. All right. Well, thanks for coming on with us, Connor. And we look forward to seeing you Tuesday, July 26, and hope to see everybody else out that day as well
3: appreciate it thank y'all for having me on yep
0: all right thanks
1: all right well good stuff there from mr connor raymond uh again if you want to hear more where can they hear more whitney
0: they can
1: when can they hear more on, oh
0: they can go okay I was gonna there say, we go you're, with you're picking up on it where now. I am yeah so uh trying Tuesday. to give you
1: the slow pitch there
0: yes yes I need that some days thank you uh Tuesday July 26th in Hardin and LaRue County yeah and if you Come need on, more ma'am. information you need you know where to find us call us might, at the office
1: might even be able to get a barbecue sandwich out of the deal I'm I, that's just what I heard though I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure so just have to show up and see just have to show up. it might be a baloney sandwich i don't know
0: i don't know hey you know what on a if, hot day if those you did are good too
1: if you didn't register it might just be a couple pieces of bread <laughs> so hopefully you're registered
0: yeah surely they'll find you something to eat yeah we'll probably find something
1: so <clears throat> all right anyway got a few other issues going on we want to touch on before we uh get out and Whitney, I know, I think you've seen it, and we've been looking at it some here in Hardin County too, some problems with some enlist soybeans.
0: Yeah, I know that there's been some farm visits, and we've had some calls come in, and I actually looked at several in the last week of, looks like injury on enlist beans, it looks like a dicamba injury, and so we are starting to see some of that, and, you know, every case has been a little bit different as far as what's happening. But, you know, we've had some pretty, pretty good conditions for drift, whether we try to do volatilization. everything correct. Uh, volatilization. Too, but. Yeah. Volatilization. So I, I do think that, you know, I know that we're doing everything that we can, but it's been perfect opportunity for that. So, you know, there's always that question of where did it come from? And, you know, we don't yeah. really know, but. So it happened.
1: And that's the thing I, here in Hardin County, I could have probably counted on one hand since the extend platform came out how many cases of actual dicamba volatilization or drift that I had seen, dicamba damage mm-hmm. that I had seen. And it's just like we've had more this year than all other years combined. We have too. And I think some of that's the weather, a lot of it's probably the weather. Mm-hmm uh like you said it's hard to know where it come where it came from because that stuff can move a long way but uh just gets back to the fact of you've got to follow the label especially right. with a product like that with dicamba and list either one because the the 24d choline and enlist can it's very safe it's a very uh very safe and product and a very very much less volatile than just regular 2,4-D. Mm-hmm. But it can still move if you don't follow the directions on the label. Uh, so both of those products we need to be careful with. And we need to make sure we're minding our P's and Q's and dotting our I's and crossing our T's. Or we're going to lose it.
0: Right. And hopefully you're not. Uh, you. The last day to spray was June thirty right some of those products so just make sure that you're not you know because if you did spray after that and somebody comes and says hey this person sprayed x y and z you know that's gonna
1: that's the thing situation there weren't very many days i'll just say it there weren't very many days in june that Mm -hmm. you could have followed the label and sprayed right i canva
0: right
1: and stayed on the label so what i we're seeing Mm -hmm. damage here it's obviously it was being applied
0: it was. And, and I will say this too, what I have seen, you know, the, I don't think that I guess the detriment of the beans and whether or not yield has been affected is still yet to be determined. But what I have seen is it, the beans are not dying because of it. Right. Now, yield potential. I don't know. I mean, we won't know, but I do know that. And there are some situations where people would intentionally burn beans, you know? So I know, yeah. I understand that, but you know, I, I think it's just important to note that we are seeing that out here and that, you know, that's. And,
1: and I'll say that too. I mean, I don't know of a, I can't name a single case where somebody's been able to prove, mm-hmm. hey, these being, these enlist beans are just straight Roundup Ready, Roundup Ready 2 beans, glyphosate tolerant beans, because uh, they can be affected too. It's not just enlist. Right. But I've never seen never seen a situation where somebody could prove either scientifically or with yield maps or whatever, that these beans got deemed. They had dicamba damage and it caused yield
0: loss. Mm-hmm. And, but
1: that's hard to prove too.
0: It is hard to prove. Especially in
1: our part of the world where soils are variable and fields are variable and stuff. Cause you've got so many other variables in there that if you did have a yield drop in that area of the field, then, how do you know that was to that but it'll right. it'll still make you mad if you're the guy that got yeah sure dinged.
0: And, and what I'll say too, is, is that you, even if you go get it tested, you know, there are labs out there that'll test tissue test it, it, those types of products don't last in the plant for very long. So by the time, you you know, if you don't know when it was sprayed and you didn't check your beans every day, and then you come, you know, you check them, you don't know how long it's been, you know, you don't, it may or may not even show up in the, in the report. You can see it obviously, but the actual presence of the, you know, herbicide, herbicide is not going to be in there. Right. Right. So that's just important to note. Another thing, um, I know that some of the weed specialists were talking this week too, that they are seeing a few reports of um, some injury and they're not sure if it's coming from tank mixes not being cleaned out correctly. And so that's just a reminder that, you know, what you're using, make sure you're triple rinsing things and following those uh, label protocols on how to clean out your tanks after you use a tank mix. Because I do think that, you know, in situations like this year where we have had a lot of injury reports, it's it can be a gamut of reasons. And so just try to eliminate as many as possible when you're doing that.
1: Yep. All right. Switch gears a little bit. Uh, We talked about corn conditions before. Yes. Uh, We've had some tables and stuff come out this week, basically talking about kernel count and some thresholds and numbers to look for and yield potential. Uh, If you're interested in those tables, I think you can go to the uh, grain crops website, Mm -hmm. KentuckyGrains.info, and there's an article in there that explains them and shows those tables. But basically, uh, it's just using kernel size and kernel count to determine yield. So there's a couple different levels there. There's a population of 25,000, population of 30,000. Uh, and then comparing, you know, a normal size kernel, average size kernel in a typical year's 80,000 kernels per bushel. Uh, I think they go to 90,000 and even a table with or with 100,000 if mm-hmm. things just got real bad. Just remember basically the, the growing conditions from here on out. Are going to determine that kernel size so if it was to turn around and we get rain then we could get a bigger kernel size and and we can still add yield we can still salvage the yield out of this crop but uh, I think basically that was put together to be able to do some estimates if anyone's looking at chopping silage out of some drought stress corn uh, just trying to uh, salvage some of what they've got uh, we just want to make sure that if we're chopping that silage because we thought it was going to be an insurance claim we want to make sure it was going to be an insurance claim
0: sure yeah that's the those tables are good and like i said you can find them online and
1: and i think i've heard chad say that you know as you're looking at those tables that that 300 kernels per ear number is kind of a good roundabout number to keep in your head that you know if you're going to that's kind of the borderline between
0: great disaster and, and yeah okay <laughs> yeah and, and that's and i think a lot of them are trying to decide whether or not to chop it for silage and so that's you know that this table will come into play because he does talk about how it, in the article or in on the website it talks about those numbers to help you determine that
1: and one more thing there i just happened to see them laying on my desk when you mentioned silage Uh, if you are looking at chopping some of this crop stress corn for silage and you're worried about nitrates uh our forage nitrate test strips were delivered i think mine came last week sometime
0: i'm hoping mine will be here soon
1: yeah i think there was a little bit of a mix up there there were some counties that got them early and then they either ran out or there was some kind of hold up uh so they were waiting for the other counties but uh, call your county extension office. They've hopefully got them by the time this comes out. Uh, it's a good quick test we can do to basically know if we need to send that send a sample of that plant off to the lab to get a full nitrate panel done on it. Right. Like. It
0: doesn't tell you. It doesn't tell you how much. It just tells you that they're there and they're kind of elevated. You if you, so, yeah. Tells yeah, you if, if you, you need to get to be them
1: concerned or not. Yeah. So, so if that's a concern, come see us. I'll usually ha- either go to the field or have somebody bring in a couple stalks and we'll test them right here and you'll know within five minutes what we need to do. So
0: Yeah. That. And if you're doing any summer annuals too, yep. I think those are good, you know, test those as well. Cause they're same situation. They can, they can have some nitrate right. issues.
1: So, and they even sent some, uh, prussic acid test strips this time as well. It's the first time I've gotten any of those. Hmm. I don't That's think I've ever received neat, those either.
0: So. Yeah. Which is good, because we'll be there before we know it, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that one's kind of complicated, so make sure you get with us. And uh, really, both of these, we need to be the ones administering that test to make sure that they're done right and everything's accurate. So, Right. Uh, We've got the perfect opportunity this week to pick a song without Daniel trying to change it on us.
0: I have been thinking all day today okay. trying to figure out, but I still have, there's a lot of different ways we could go.
1: I've got Everybody one mind. if we go, you know, we had some flood and rain in Hardin County this week. Yes. So I think the actual song name is five feet high and rising to Johnny Cash song. <laughs> yes. How deep's the water mama.
0: Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. We can go with that one. Mine was going to be six days on the road because I feel like that's all I've done is drive up and down the road the last six days. <laughs> and I think Sawyer Brown is actually the ones that are, you know, they, of course, they redid that song. They're actually going to be in uh, Grayson County this fall for a concert. Ah, so. That's
1: when, you know, you've made it in your career when you exactly show up to Grayson <laughs> County to <the> concert. <laughs> All right. Any events or courses? I think there's a woodland short course coming yes, up. Yes,
0: there is. And of course, you know woodland or the woodland and the forestry department they're an excellent source of information they've always got something going on and this came across my desk the other day that they're going to have their woodland owner short course and they do this every year but they've got webinars and tours so the next webinar is going to be the evening of the field day which is um july the 26th and that's wildlife management and then they're going to have another one on july the 28th uh that's going to be woodland management and a changing climate so there's those those are webinars that are going to start at 7 eastern and then the um, ones that are going to be tours are august 6th at penny rile state forest and august 13th at berea college forest so there is flyers online and uh, if you want more information you can get on their forestry website and uh, apply or you know sign up and register or you can contact the office and we'll get you that info but that's just something kind of out you know they they do this every year and i thought well be a good idea to promote it it's going on right now yep
1: all right well one final reminder last time we're going to say anything about it july 26th tuesday that's a tuesday next tuesday uk corn and soybean field day Mm -hmm. we're going to begin at fresh start farms We'll move on to one of Richard Preston's farms and end here at the Hardin County Extension Office with lunch, where you might, you just might get a barbecue sandwich. i am be not there. Make, I'm not making any promises. I'll be there. Okay, I'm gonna I, be that's, there. That's that's just what I've heard. Is there there yeah. might be a barbecue sandwich involved? You had me on. a barbecue. Okay, well, <laughs> don't be disappointed if I'm wrong. I'm just that's just right. telling you what I heard.
0: So. I'll be there anyway. I'll all put right. Bells and whistles on. All right.
1: so. All right, sounds good. we we'll, uh, maybe Daniel will be there. Maybe yeah. he'll be he's, resurfaced he's, yeah. from wherever the moon or wherever he is now. Into the abyss. Before then, so right. maybe we'll see him there too. So, if you see him there, ask him where he was this week on the show. All, right. all right, well, we'll catch you all next week.
0: All right, see you. <laughs>